Hello, Phil. Tony. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. Phil Butler is the guest today on the No Code Podcast, Season 1, Episode 3. Happy I'm to be honored. here. Truly honored. Uh, stop it. Stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm just happy to be here. I got, I got, the, I got the, the call or the email and was like, me? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I had to have you on and uh, you owed me anyway um, <laughs> from the last time we had a poker game at your old office when, uh, you know, you and I had made it through to the heads up round towards the end of the night. And, uh, you know, it was getting <laughs> late. I, I probably had a text message or two. And from a drink my wife or, asking, a, a drink or two. <laughs> yeah. And I had pocket kings. And I said, it's a, it feels like a good time to go all in. But as I learned that day and for the rest of my life, you know, when you go up against Phil Butler, you better be coming with pocket aces because that's what he has. <laughs> uh, you know, look, every, every squirrel gets a nut. I, I, I will say, you know, I had a little home field advantage. Not that anything was wrong with the cards. But uh, I, I, I picked the right seat that night. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> you picked the right seat. You also uh, hired the dealer. So there, there could have been some sort of arrangement. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but uh, we certainly day. had a good time. And that's, and that's what matters. I, I miss it. I miss those days. I know hopefully soon enough we'll be in a position to get together in person and have a great crew around the poker table and, and, uh, and have a good time with it. I, I can't wait. I, you know, we, we, we have to get back to that. The fellowship is important. You know, the connectivity is important. And frankly, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been game planning. Uh, I'll, I'll let you in at a, you know, one of, one of the buildings, lab buildings that we redeveloped um, has a hundred percent outside air. So, oh, wow. and, and, and a big conference table. So the way I see it, it's probably safe, you know, so we, we contemplate it. I would, uh, I would be down for that. You know, I would be down for that. I think uh, I'm not an expert in this realm, but from what I've researched and, and I've had to do a lot of homework on it in my role as COO for JLL's Philadelphia region and, and getting our people back into the offices. I think when you've got that outside air going, when you have really good ventilation and obviously as long as everybody's being responsible in terms of, you know, are you sick? Are you having any issues? You know, temperature check. Um, and then still, even in that environment, being at least six feet apart, I think something like that is, is, is uh, you know, I, I would say a calculated, educated um, decision that I would make to, okay. to play some poker in that realm. So you can count me in on that. All right, we'll do. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, Phil, you and I have known each other for about 10 years now, and uh, we first met back in the day when um, I was working for JLL in my first role with the company, which was in the within the corporate solutions group and working on an account, Ally Financial, out in Fort Washington. And uh, you were with mm -hmm. Ally at the time internally, having come over from CBRE. So, right. so we met back in the day, and we were sort of passing ships in the night because we uh i think we only overlapped for a few months there really and uh but you know we got to meet each other i think we kind of had an instant connection in yep. uh you know what what we do and who we are as people so yep. it's cer certainly been um pretty awesome to watch you from afar in, in your career in a place each of us where 
you know, we've got the, the honor and the responsibility of being leaders in our business in the, in the greater Philadelphia area. Yeah. I, I, I tell you, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. You, you, um, life is interesting as an adult and, you know, as, as you move into the work world and you have more responsibilities, you know, as we all know, and all the studies, how much time you spend at work and, you know, folks that are, uh, type A or fairly aggressive or, you know, work is part of who they are. You spend a lot of time with a lot of different people. And so it's, it's always good to meet good people. And, and, you know, every time you, you said, you said it to me before, not too long ago, you know, 10 years or so. And I'm like, wow, it, it has been that long. Um, yeah. So I, I appreciate, you know, and over the time, what I, what I would say is, you, you know, particularly for guys and people like you and I, as peer mentors, I would call us peer mentors beyond just, you know, former coworkers and friends. And uh, I, I value that because um, it makes a difference in the, the length of relationship like that. Uh, it, it, um, it really helps, particularly being in the same space. So it's, right. uh, I, I, pre- I appreciate you and, and the friendship and, and how we continue to uh, to go and grow together in the market. Yeah, definitely. Not obviously, same here too. It's uh, it's interesting. I was I was doing a little homework on you last night because even though we've known each other a long time, it's just one of those things where like I just want to refresh myself on on your path. And then I had kind of forgotten that that we both started in Big Four too. I started yep. with KPMG, and you started with PwC right yep. out of school. So it's kind of interesting how, you know, you don't see a ton of, of big four people navigate into the commercial real estate world. Um, I mean, obviously it happens time to time, probably with, you know, if you're in big four and you have an account that's in real estate, you might wind up getting into the industry, but it's, it's kind of interesting that we both went on that same path where, you know, I was at KP. I bounced around a little bit, but then found my way over to Liberty Property Trust on the ownership right. side. You went from PwC to Toll Brothers, and then we both went into servicing from there. You with CB and and me with JLL. So it's just kind of like it's kind of weird in a way that we we took like such a similar path, you know, well before we knew each other. Then then we meet each other, and it's like almost like that stuff just kind of aligns with with how we think about business and real estate and and the world in general, you know, that's, that's right. And, and you, you can't predict it. And, and frankly, you know, from a, from a career standpoint, personally, uh, like you said, I, look, I didn't, I, I didn't know much about real estate at all. If you, if you'd have talked to me about real estate in, in high school or college, um, or even as I entered into the work world at Coopers, I, you know, okay. Residential real estate. I would have told you what I'd know about residential real estate, not having had any experience in, um, not, not having had any experience in, in, uh, commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that time at, at big four and, you know, I tell all, I tell a bunch of young people that I, you know, try to stay in their ear about different things is, you know, learning what you like, learning what you don't like is just as important as learning what you do like. And, right. you know, going through that process, uh, uh, in a, in a big four accounting firm for me was, was eye opening, being able to bounce between pharma and manufacturing and R&D and into different spaces. And, and, you know, for me personally, I got a chance to do some work in, in the real estate group within PricewaterhouseCoopers and, and realized, wait, I, I love this space. Right. And uh, it, it was funny, like the light bulb just went off. But, but prior to that, didn't know a thing about it, really. Not, not at any depth. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was the exact same way. I mean, I, you know, I'm in college. I don't even know what I want to do in my life. You know, it was unfortunately after my freshman year, it was revealed that I would not be a professional baseball player. So, you know, <laughs> tough pill to swallow, early retirement from Villanova. And then I said, oh, man, uh, I didn't have a backup plan. So, <laughs> so I had to figure out what to, what to major in. And, and same thing, though, I, I bounced around corporate accounting, corporate finance, had some jobs I liked, had some jobs I didn't like so much. And then there was a financial analyst position open at Liberty Property Trust. And, you know, at that time, it was really, I joined in, I think it was May of 2008. So the, a lot of the real estate world, maybe more so residential, but commercial was starting to be some really major negative impacts at that time. And, but there was this role open and, and I interviewed and the company seemed really great. I, I mean, very much like a family, which turned out to be true over my, you know, close to three years there. Um, but after just a few conversations, I realized that, oh man, real estate sounds really interesting. You know, it's, it's probably the first time I felt like I could tie back what I was doing to real life, real world impacts on community and culture and general business and capital markets. It's one of those things that felt like it sort of tied that all in together. So finally, yep. for me, it was like, it's no longer just numbers on a page. It's the real world. Yep. And, and, and that's very interesting. So, you know, we've never had, you know, necessarily this conversation at any depth, but it, you know, from a very similar standpoint, and um, I, I was on a project in the real estate group and I, you know, we were doing, we were doing consulting, we were doing kind of pre-workout stuff. We were going in and, and being asked to, to review uh, uh, partnership agreements and operating agreements and at, you know, my time at Press Orders Coopers and figure out who owes who and all these different things that tied to kind of this financial piece. But, I, you know, I went to Lehigh University and part of the reason I went to Lehigh because I didn't know if I wanted to go into financial or uh, be an engineer. Right. And, and so, you know, I felt, all right, if I go to Lehigh, I can kind of pivot either way. But both of those were in me. We were working on some engagement for two commerce square and, you know, kind of both towers were involved, separate ownership structures. Um, and, and, you know, it was one thing to look at the numbers and the financing structures, et cetera. And you, and you look at the, the P and L and you say, wow, these buildings are effectively exactly alike, but one. Hey, Phil, welcome back. Oh, I appreciate that. Apologies to the listeners there. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll find a way to edit that so it's smooth. But go ahead and resume what you were saying about the the two different buildings you were yeah, looking at. I was probably getting long winded anyway. But long, <laughs> long story short, uh, you know the two buildings they were identical buildings, uh, but two totally different, performing completely different from a P and L standpoint. And and it 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 you know you know the mix of the bricks and sticks and the cost differentials in the building but also how they perform was really kind of what drove me uh, I, and I don't know I don't even know what the hook was but I think it was just understanding the mix between you know my, my, my kind of financial side that I'm wired towards with the engineering side that I'm wired towards um, was really a kickoff for me yeah it's I think in general your career path no matter what you're in it's going to take some trial and error to figure out what you like and what you don't like. Yep. Uh, there are very yep. few people that know what they want to do from day one and they do it 
from the minute they get out of college and they do it for the rest of their career. That is extremely rare. You know, I was just having a conversation earlier this week with an analyst of mine who's 24 who called me and he's worried about like, you know, where his career is going and what should be his next move and what can he grow into? And I just said, look, man, it's okay to not know what you want to do right now. Exactly. It's fine. Yep. You know, you're in a great company. You're working with great people. You're doing good work. You know, keep doing that. And if something piques your interest along the way and you want to make a, an adjustment, then okay, deal with it at that point. But, yeah. you know, it, you can never see that when you're young and you're that age. That is, that is wisdom. And that's the only thing that's going to get you there is time and experience. Well, and that's it. And that's where, you know, again, I, I, I do my best to kind of speak to, to some of the young folks and, you know, and the young folks outside of my household as well, in particular. But, you know, um, just move, put one step in front of the other and finish what you start. Right. And to me, the, the, as simple as that sound, fundamentally, you'll continue to progress and you'll continue to get closer to what you love if you if you do that. And whether, you know, whether somebody knows at uh, the age of 18, 19, what they love and what they want to do for the rest of their life, or they don't know until they're 30, 35, right. it, 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 it's fine. Everybody's path is different, but uh, just continue to progress. And you're going to reevaluate as you go, too. I mean, yeah. as time goes on, you know, you get, and sometimes you get too comfortable in what you're doing, too, and you have to change it up and you have to challenge yourself. And you have to find a new path forward. I mean, that's that's part of what I'm doing with this podcast is, you know, I felt myself still enjoying what I'm doing and, and liking it and growing. But at the same time, it's, you know, I feel like I've been in this role three and a half, almost four years. It felt like time to try something new within uh, not even necessarily JLL, which is this is not, you know, sponsored by JLL in any way, but just to personally challenge myself to get outside the comfort zone a little bit and, and try to find a new way to, to experience some, uh, some growth as a person too. You know, it's not just as a yeah. professional either. Well, I, I, so, so that was going to be one of my, that's one of the questions I had for you was where, where did the podcast yeah. come from? What was, what was, the, what was the genesis of it? You know, how do we end up here? Yeah. Which I love by, I love it by the way. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely a, a great way to, you know, have an outlet and stretch yourself as well, but, but definitely interested in hearing that story. Yeah, uh, no, I appreciate that. Um, so I was, uh, when I was in college, I did a radio show with two of my friends and it was, you know, just a silly little thing. We probably had 10 people listen to our shows and mostly our friends and like, my family from back home, a couple of people would listen, but I, I really had a great time with it and it was fun and it was stupid. And it was just uh, uh, three guys joking around and playing some songs. And, but it was, it felt like a really kind of creative outlet of expression and a change at that time from the mundane part of just going to class and, and hanging out with friends and going to parties. This was something different. And I, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know, I was kind of drawn to it and, you know, fast forward, uh, how long has it been now? 16 years since I last did that 17 years. And, um, I, I work with a leadership coach that, um, you know, I, when I stepped into the COO role, it was something that JLL helped set me up with to, you know, 
kind of deal with the challenges of, of jumping up pretty quickly from where I was to kind of a high level uh, leadership position within Philly. And um, so I met with them for uh, about three years, kind of on and off. And we would do kind of day long sessions at times where we really dug into stuff. But recently, you know, he's been pushing me to kind of step outside my comfort zone and, and try to grow. And he, he asked me like before one of our meetings, he said, I want you to write some stuff down. Like, tell me what it is you want to do. What are some things you want to try? Give me some ideas, shake something loose and then go do it. And one of the things I wrote down was the podcast thing. And he, uh, he's a big podcast fan. And, and so am I. And, you know, the next meeting we had, he said, all right, before our next meeting in two weeks, I want you to have done this. Like actually do it. So he put, he put my feet to the fire. Uh, Tim, Tim Allard is his name. And, uh, I, I tagged him in the first podcast that I put out on LinkedIn. He turned up the heat, man. He just said, I want you to do it. And, and even though, you know, we have more of like a a peer to peer relationship than a, you know, a, a, manager to employee or whatever i felt the pressure i was like he's right i know he's right i know it's the right thing to do if i don't do it i'm just basically punking out you know right right no that's awesome i mean you know look it's like you said uh continue growing and i admire that because you know no matter what age we are how experienced we are you know continuing to challenge ourselves but you know it's hard to challenge yourself yourself at certain certain points in life you right. know you, you kind of you can get into a rut having a third party to 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 really learn you outside in and then challenge you on those things that you said yourself that you want to do I, I i think that's awesome I've, I've um i've never committed to an executive coach but i it's <laughs> If I had an executive coach, they would probably challenge me to do it because that's something that would be on my list. How about right. that? Right? There so. you go. I'll <laughs> challenge you, Phil. By the next time we talk, you must enlist an executive coach and report back yeah. to me on the findings. But uh, no, it, it's you, you do. I think I'm a big believer in that. I think you need somebody outside your immediate inner circle, at least on an occasional basis, to kind of keep you in check and keep you honest because, you know, your, your family will, at least some people's families, it's, it's different across the board, I would imagine. But a lot of times your family is going to be kind of ride or die with you no matter what. You know, they're going to yep. be in your corner. They're going to be telling you positive things and, and, you know, nurturing you. And in some cases, I'm sure some will maybe overdo that and not tell you the truth as much as they should. Um, your close friends might do that. Or you might have friends where the nature of the relationship is not getting deep like this. It's more let's go have a beer and, and uh, you know, and just BS. And, and that's take a load yeah, off. And that's mm-hmm. fine too. Like everybody needs that, but whether it's a, a coach or a therapist or just like a, some kind of trusted advisor that is not super close to you, I think that's can be really helpful because they might tell you the truth more so than, than other people, you know, that's correct. That's right. And it's, yep. it's definitely no, been a big no help. About yeah, it. It's been a big help for me. And, you know, times are tough right now. It's it's not like it's the most, you know, maybe it's not the most affordable thing. Maybe it's not the most uh, doable thing when you can't sit down in person. But there are certainly ways to go about it. And, you know, or, or even just people, you know, out there for free that can just kind of help you along as a, as a mentor relationship. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and you, you know, you talk about you talk about the current times and, 
it's it's how do you prioritize things like that in your life right Mm -hmm. so so do you prioritize the executive coach over the new car do you prioritize the executive coach over eating out you know and and so those are the things that uh, again that's that challenge right that's that so how important is this really to you and what what are you going to shuffle around to make sure it happens? Because it's it's about growth. It's about learning. It's about continuous improvement, um, you know, particularly for folks that are, you know, whether you're, you're an entrepreneur and, and you're, you're, you are uh, uh, launching, starting or growing a business um, or whether you are in, uh, in the corporate uh, ladder and continue to try and, and, and grow on the rungs, you know, or uh, climb the rungs. Yeah. It's, um, you got to move. You have to keep moving. You're right. You're right. And you talk about the balance of, of making those decisions to potentially put you in that spot. I imagine balance for you is, is probably a constant challenge being that you have three boys, right? That's, is that correct? That's right. Three boys, you're married, you got a demanding job. You've, you've made some job changes in, in recent past, you know, what is that like for you in terms of, of maintaining that balance and, and, you know, making sure you're there for, for everybody that needs you? You know, it's, it's, that's a great question. And it's one that, you know, I, I would say for years, Tony, I never, I never paid attention to it. I just mm-hmm. did. Right. 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 And, and uh, you know, my, my boys now, just as of actually the, the September 30th and October 5th, they, my two younger boys have birthdays. They are now 17, 19 and 21. Wow. Um, so I've got I have a 21 year old who's a senior in college. Um, I have a 19 year old who's a freshman in college, and a 17 year old who's a junior in high school. Hello, Phil. Third time's a charm. Welcome back. All right. <laughs> so we were uh, apologies, everyone, if this comes off uh, a little choppy. We had a, a couple dropouts, but we're gonna last segment. We're gonna fi- uh, finish it out strong here. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll drop some ads in to uh, buffer, buffer the <laughs> there segments. You, there yeah. you go, as long, as long as you're getting paid. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so we were talking about balance or balancing family life with, with work, and you mentioned how, you know, for a long time, you didn't really think about it or plan it out. You just did it. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's where and, we left off. And, and that's it. It was, you know, the schedule was always chocked full, you know, and, mm-hmm. and whether it was work-related, whether it was – football or basketball or track or school activity, um, whatever it was, it was, it was always chock full. And so it, 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 there was no, um, kind of, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do this weekend? And, you know, I, I, I'd liken it. So my, my oldest son plays, plays, has played football since he was five or six years old and he played in college. And one of the things that you realize is when you have no choice but to get something done in a particular period of time, you generally do it. And, and so his schedule, you know, when your schedule is that packed, you, you just go in and, and, and if you're, if you're capacity, if you have the capacity to handle it, then you just handle it. You know, right. now as my, 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 my kids are kind of aging out of the house and aging out of dependence from their parents and et cetera. I, I find myself, you know, not, I find myself looking for stuff. My weekends, I actually sit down, you know, maybe a Thursday and Friday and say, man, I'm talking to my wife, what are we doing this weekend? And, um, and, and so, so now board activities, you know, pick up now maybe a podcast, right. You know, there are different, different things that, um, you know, you start to, to fill your time with. And 
I, I, Tony, I, I wish, I, I got to tell you, I wish, and, and admittedly, this is not a good thing. I, I don't believe it's a good thing. It, it, it proved to work fine for me in my life, not to say it couldn't have worked better, but I never, I was not super thoughtful when my children and family were young as to how to, how to plan my weeks, my days, weeks, months out. I just did. I executed. Um, And so, and then when something felt like it was not getting enough attention, when something was dropping, then you would refocus on that to make sure it didn't drop and it didn't fail, you know, and that, that you were giving your kids enough attention that your wife feels loved and, and, you know, you're taking vacation. You just did it. Um, right. I, I wish I had some jewel or some gem to give people, but I, I don't honestly <laughs> do it better than yeah. me. Is, 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 <laughs> well, I don't think anybody does, but I think over time, again, you just adapt to whatever current climate you're in. I mean, I know for me for a long time, probably until about four or five years ago, you know, I had work and I'd go to work and, and excuse me, I would, I would, you know, go in at, eight or nine, come home at five or six, maybe wife and I would, we'd eat dinner at home or we'd go out and get dinner, take care of the, the dogs, whatever it may be. But as I, uh, a few years ago, started doing a lot more networking stuff, started getting involved in boards, started getting involved in a lot of after work things. I, I really had to change my approach big time because yeah. I started to really kind of dropped the ball on being organized and communicative and, and knowing where I had to be when, I mean, there were some days I'd go to work and be like, Oh my gosh, I forgot. I'm meeting so-and-so for a drink after work. And I never said a word to my wife about it. Or, yep. you know, I had another thing. I had a conflict come up and somebody I, I, I told I'd get together as well that same day. And, for me, it became about really calendar management, both really work calendar and home calendar. Like literally we have a chalkboard calendar, big thing up in our kitchen, write it down, you know? And that's something I never did for a long time. And I was never that kind of person to even want to do that. (laughs) My wife's like the super planner and I'm just a freewheeler, you know, every day is just whatever. (laughs) And I had to adjust it big time because I couldn't, manage my own time and I was letting the people down around me and, and I had to make a conscious change to do that. And I think I managed to do it pretty well. I think I'm at a point now where it's like, I know what I got to do. You know, it's pretty clear, but it took a while. (laughs) Yeah. It was was a big, uh, big adjustment there. It's it's not easy. And, and, you know, particularly for those kind of freewheeling individuals, you also don't want to feel like you're locked in. Well, just because I wrote, wrote this on the board doesn't mean I'm not going to pivot. And, and exactly, you know, so it's, yeah, uh, it, it's fun. It, it, it's been fun, right? So speaking of, of board activities, which you mentioned a couple times, uh, just want to make sure we mentioned your recent appointment to the NAOP Greater Philadelphia Board, which uh, congratulations on that. I'm, I'm sure you're really excited. Thank about you. It. I am. I, I appreciate that, Tony. I, I am excited. It's, um, you know, it, it's uh, NAOP is super important, um, you know, not just locally, but you know, across all of their chapters and here in Philadelphia with everything that that goes on related to to, to real estate and development and, you know, um, on the owners and the rep side, et cetera, uh, being in the mix in the middle of it um, is, is important. And, and, and one, to, to help try to um, 
navigate what's important um, for those that are represented by the organization um, and, and, and also to give back to the community, right? So it's, right. you know, the, the beauty of, of NAOP and the, the group and the organization is very strong. I mean, there's the, I, I'm, I'm honored, truly honored to be um, asked and invited to be on the board and accepted into the board because it's a, it's a, it's a very strong group of um, real estate professionals in that group that are doing great work in the city, uh, both in the communities um, of Philadelphia and also from a legislative standpoint and, and um, making a difference. So uh, right. I, I, ho- I hope to, to help usher that and further that. Yeah, it's hugely important. And it also touches a, a wide variety of industries. I mean, real estate, as we mentioned before, is so uh, it's tangential to a lot of different components of industry and markets in general. So right. the things that happen with NAOP, it's not just isolated to commercial real estate, Philadelphia. It, it touches so many different, different areas, whether it's politics and different industries like, like life sciences or financial services. It's just a very much overarching uh, group that is hugely impactful. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, and, and you know, frankly, I, I look to learn a lot as, as, you know, while serving on the board. You know, again, to your point about how tangential it is, it, you know, my, one of my goals is to be on the board is to understand better and another level of depth just how important, you know, real estate and the, the industry as a whole and all the, 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 I'll say real estate itself and then all of the kind of the next tiers that, that tie to real estate, how important they are, you know, uh, to secondary tertiary um, um, components of the Philadelphia ecosystem. And, um, right. you know, it, it, it really is uh, a lot going on in the city right now. You know, Philadelphia has been going through this renaissance and so, you know, in, in my opinion, I'll say it just because it's 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 where I am now. I mean, to me, there's no greater time to be in in real estate in Philadelphia than right now. I mean, you know, across the world, across the globe, we know there's, there's a global pandemic. Um, so that that's you know, let's consider that equal across um, all, across all platforms or all, across all regions. But Philadelphia, what, with what's been going on and the bustling and how we're going to recover from what's going on, um, is, is, it's exciting to be a part of it. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a shame that we're at this space or at this place and, you know, it's something that nobody, uh, wow, well, I won't say nobody could have predicted. People have predicted pandemics, but nobody right. would, have, would have thought we would li- our generation would live through it. I'm excited yep. to be um, at the age and experience and part of groups that, that we can help try to try to make the best of it. Absolutely. And you're president of NAOP, Lauren Gilchrist, who is yes. my close friend and associate at JLL. She's put out some interesting stuff on, um, you know, Philadelphia's COVID recovery that, you know, we're a, we're a region that is very well diversified across industries where, you know, we've got, uh, I think a pretty strong chance of coming out of this, um, with, with a full head of steam. Whereas a lot of cities that are maybe more reliant on one particular sector are probably going to struggle a little bit more than we will with it. And I think to me, that's exciting in a lot of different ways for jobs, but, but for real estate as well, where, you know, investment dollars pre pandemic, were still coming into Philly quite a bit because 
you know, New York was so maxed out, you couldn't get good returns there. Philadelphia was still kind of in a way up and coming, though, with a great foundation, you know, that's like right. like stabilized, but growing. Um, and to me, that's a great that's a great story to tell for investors. That's right. It, it really is. I mean, it, you know, the situated between New York and D.C., um, uh, you know, with Jersey to the to to our, our neighbor um, value proposition is huge. Um, right. The 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 different types of real estate stock we have, um, the upside on that stock um, is 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 huge. You know, it's not just a, uh, you know, kind of a central business district core asset play in Philly. It's, you know, you have all your suburban markets and you have your uh, your value add markets and, you know, all your major th- three ways that um, really we, we need to redevelop as a city. I mean, we have to do it um, very thoughtfully. Uh, we have to right. do it, make sure we don't, uh, you know, um, we don't uh, affect the communities and the neighborhoods that we live in and serve in a way that is uh, inequitable, um, right. b- which which is, is, is really important. It's difficult. It's a subject that a lot of people don't want to talk about, but it's something that has to be part of the conversation as as the, the I'll, I'll say the, the, you know, I'll call it the renaissance the continues to continues to happen. I, I firmly believe that money's going to continue to pour. And I think it's going to pour from different sectors as, you know, Philly's big four bio region now and in and, and the life sciences space, that's a whole nother, you know, uh, um, segment of real estate, unless you're in real estate, unless you're, you understand what's going on in that segment, or you're in the bio life science space, I, I, I think it's hard to, for people to understand how much money is going to continue from an investment standpoint to pour into the region. Right. Right. Now that's, that's a, that's a really good point. And, and, and you made an earlier point too, about the growth of the region um, in benefiting kind of everyone across the board, which I think in the last 15 years or so, you could look at Philadelphia and maybe this is more the city itself and say, okay, you've had a renaissance, but not every neighborhood, not every demographic has benefited from that. Um, as a, as a black man in a white dominated commercial real estate business, do you feel, you know, responsible to, to push forward and, 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 you know, kind of help bring up those different, uh, those different groups and those different parts of the region. Um, and obviously, I don't mean to say that in the sense of like, Phil Butler is going to come in and, and save the day, but but to speak to your peers and speak to other people like on the NAOP board and say, hey, we've got to find ways to try to facilitate um, growth for everyone. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and you asked me if I feel responsible. The, the answer is, uh, I, I feel... I don't feel responsible. I feel a sense of responsibility in it. And, and there's a slight, slight nuance um, to that. But, but, but yes, as I, uh, from the beginning of my career and as I walk through the world, um, I have no choice but to, to, to notice and to, uh, right. to understand. And, and so what I do with what I learn and, and the, the, the opportunities that I have, and truly there are opportunities, you know, um, the opportunities that I have to, to be impactful, they're all, they're all my choice. 
Um, and, right. and, and, and I choose to have a voice and I choose to hold a voice as a, as a black man that is in a, uh, um, you know, a, a space or a place that is, you know, is very limited. Um, and, and it's, it goes back to what we talked about earlier about not knowing much going into college, et cetera. It's the early exposure. Yeah. And that's part of NAOP too. You know, we would talk about the, the summer program. My, my son participated in the summer program that Joe Ritchie and, and team put on for diverse students in the city of Philadelphia. My, my 60, he was 16 at the time. He's 17 now. It was wonderful and eye-opening for him. And, and he got exposed to, while his father's in it, this is just what, dad goes to work every day. He, he still thinks I'm an accountant. You, you know, you, right. So, <laughs> right. you know, for all I get that too. Yeah. It's the same thing. Everyone thinks I'm still doing tax returns. I'm like, I haven't done my own tax return in 15 years. Exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know, so, so, yeah. so of course, so if dad says it's one thing, but for him to have the, the, this, this illustrious panel of people and groups and institutions that are pouring into the communities to make sure that the opportunity to, to learn and understand is there, it's, it's super impactful. And so, um, so yes, I feel, uh, um, uh, some level of res- uh, responsibility. Yes. I, I plan to help push, uh, and, and push the organization. Um, and really, and when I say push the organization, it starts with learning and understanding and, and, yeah. and compassion and, and really, uh, uh, listening to what, others might not understand because they've never had the uh, opportunity or never had to have to experience certain things. And so if we, right. if we can right. all start there, then, then it'll, it'll be fine. And I, and I, and I know, you know, the conversation is kind of entering into uh, NAOP. I'm really excited about, you know, the, the board's willingness to, 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 to deal with some issues. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Learning and understanding that that is really the first step in making things better for everyone, more equitable, more opportunities. Um, you know, JLL got to sponsor a couple years ago the Nexus program yes. um, in Philadelphia through Villanova University. Um, I went to speak at the last day of a group of diverse high school students from across the country. I, I think there was a about uh, maybe like 40 or 50 or so, if I remember correctly, from all over the country that came into Villanova, Philadelphia, Camden, got tours all around the city and learned about the commercial real estate business. Because like we've said a couple of times already, you knew nothing about the business. That's right. As a white man, I knew nothing about the business. I didn't have family in it. I didn't have, you know, real estate owner parents or grandparents or anything. I had Italian immigrants as, as my, you know, great grandparents and, and some of my grandparents were even born over there. So, you know, working in service economy jobs in Atlantic city, like no connection to real estate, knew nothing about the industry. I think the more we educate people of all demographics at the high school and college level, you open up doors doing that. That's, and that's right. it, it gives people a knowledge of, okay, what is this? There's a ton of opportunity. There's a lot of money to be made. There's a lot of knowledge to be gained. And there's a lot of different paths you can do, go, as we've talked about. The, the servicing side of the business, the ownership side of the business, development, what, whatever it may be, capital markets. You know, it's, it's, there's a million different ways you can go at it. 
we just need to, as leaders, I think, educate young people what this is about and also be open to giving them the opportunities. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be brutally honest in, in my role. One of the big challenges I have is I constantly get reached out to about favors for clients and, you know, maybe the son or, or daughter or niece or nephew of a client that wants to get into jail. Right. Now that person may be fully capable. They may be really smart. They might be ready to go, but I can't, I can't give in to that too often. Otherwise we're not going to facilitate growth opportunities for people of other backgrounds. Right. You know, and that's, and that's a hard thing because sometimes we're dealing with clients that pay us an awful lot of money to do what we do. But, but we can't just, if we grant every favor like that, the, the, the makeup of the commercial real estate landscape is, is not going to change as fast as it should. That's right. And, and Tony, we, we don't have enough time on this podcast to, to, to unpack <laughs> what you just talked about because, and it's, and look, it's not about the, 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 the favor itself. It's not, you know, in, in this space, as you deal with, with, you know, diversity and inclusion, it's about, um, it, 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 it's truly about the, the history and, you know, right. and the concentration of where, where those opportunities, where those dollars go and, and, and how that then feeds upon itself. And, um, and you're right. There, there are, there are, if if our people, um, and when I say our people, meaning your family, my family, whoever's family, don't have the doors to open for them, then then the door's not open, and or they can't get right. to the door fast enough, or they don't have the inside. And so, you know, all we can do is try to um, try to educate. And try to provide opportunity equitably across the platform, and 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 I'm excited to do that with the uh, under the NAOP umbrella. Yeah, well, there's certainly a big focus on it there. There's a very big focus on it at JLL and other large firms like ours. So I think the foundation is in place for us to kind of turn this in the right direction. It just won't happen overnight. It's just going to take some time. It's going to take um, some some time and and education and. You know, once we kind of show everybody those doors, you know, they'll walk through them and, and we'll be and we'll be ready to, you know, ready to take them on. That's um, right. So it's an exciting time. Um, so, listen, we I know we're running up against time here, but before we wrapped here, I just wanted you to tell everybody what you're doing now today with MRA. Talk about maybe some of the things you have going on. And um, I know it's a fairly recent step in your career. Uh to get involved with MRA. So I'm excited to hear about that a little bit. Sure, sure. So I've, um, as you know, Tony, I mean, I, I, I uh, came out of owning my own shop. And so Rittenhouse Strategies, right. we were, you know, real estate advisory, uh, real estate development, did some residential mixed use projects out in West Philadelphia, uh, and did some advisory work for some local company, did some EOP work in the city of Philadelphia for some of the larger developers um, and projects in the city. And you know, you know, what, what, what happened, what evolved, it was really an evolution. And, um, I started doing some work with, um, MRA group and, and it grew and it grew very, very quickly. And, and so before I, I knew it, um, had created a really strong relationships, had a really great opportunity and, 
And, and uh, you know, I, 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 I joke, so Larry Stewarty is the founder of MRA Group. I joke with Larry all the time. I say, you know, one, from a synergistic standpoint, um, the leadership team, him, Mike Wojewicka, et cetera, we get along very well. But it, it, MRA was really my vision for Rittenhouse at, you know, at coming out of the gate. And so MRA is 30, right. 30 years old. So, uh, you know, kind of fast forward, right? And, and really, MRA Group, we, we, we're healthcare life sciences, um, real estate advisory and developers. And, you know, one right. side of the business is really focus on most of the major health systems in the, in the Philadelphia region. Um, our clients, um, we either act as their real estate group or we service them from a property facility, man- property management, facility management, real estate advisory, asset management standpoint um, and, and act as key developers. On the other side, we're developers as well and really focused on um, life sciences. And, and so, you know, the, the largest project we have now going on is, um, well, we're, we're renovating um, 65,000 square foot lab building for University of Pennsylvania, or University of Pennsylvania at the Pennsylvania Works Campus. Uh, multi-tenant lab building came in as a fee developer for Penn. Super happy to do that project for them. Um, which, you know, is, is, uh, we're actively, we're wrapping up and, you know, actively leasing now. Um, and then we've got a former Roman Haas campus, 133 acre, um, 600,000 square foot under roof at acquisition. We're about three years into it and, um, you know, really pressing hard to Springhouse Innovation Park. It's, it's out in Lower Gwinnett and making it a, a, a suburban life sciences campus um really making the market out here from a life sciences standpoint and it's, it's it's going great you know as you can imagine with a campus like that there's a lot going on um all all the sure. time um you know at any given time we've got a couple hundred thousand square feet under under renovation and and continuing to roll so it's it's exciting it's exciting i'm happy to be a part of the group and 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 happy to be adding to particularly life sciences uh, uh, region for the Philadelphia market. I mean, we need it now more than ever. Yeah. Um, I, I think that segment just continues to grow. And, and obviously in, in light of what we're experiencing today, it's going to be more and more valuable as time goes yeah. on. So, um, Phil, I'm, I'm super happy for you. Um, you've had an awesome run in your career thus far, the NAOP appointment, the things you're doing with MRA and, and everything you're giving back to the community. Um, I just really value your friendship and, and totally respect everything you do. And uh, I, I really appreciate you uh, hopping on the podcast. No problem, today. Tony. I appreciate, I appreciate the invite. This is uh, this was truly a pleasure. Um, if, if anybody doesn't realize I don't mind talking. So, uh, so, so, <laughs> so anytime, Tony, I, I appreciate you as a friend and as a, uh, a peer mentor and as a colleague. You got it, buddy. Listen, hit him straight this afternoon. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And, uh, yeah, I didn't do that yesterday. So, you know, maybe make up for for my performance. And uh, I will catch up with you soon. Talk to you.